welcome to the When's My Time podcast. I'm Ozzy Eyre, founder of whensmytime.com. Well, it's Thursday, the 18th of May, 2017. And, uh, well, I'm just back from my walk with Jack, and it seems I'm back just in time, because now it, the heavens have opened, and it is chucking it down with rain. <laughs> so so uh, we're glad to be back here in the, in the dry. Now, a couple of days ago, I was very privileged to uh, receive uh, an email from a young lady, uh, a young lady who'd, I don't think she listens to the podcast, or at least not yet, but she'd seen a few of my videos on um, on YouTube, and she uh, she was kind enough to get in touch. I'm not going to name name her. Uh, she's been even more kind to say she's happy for me to talk about this in the podcast. So uh, thank you very much indeed. Um, I, let's let's call her Mandy. Let's call her Mandy. And uh, here's her email. Hi, Ozzy. I would like to take the liberty to ask you for advice if you can offer it. Um, now, she's flattered me straight away there, so so uh, um, she's already scored points. I, I'm amazed that anybody um, would want to ask me for advice after all the mistakes I've made in my life. I came across some of your uh, videos on YouTube last night, and as I am considering a career as a financial advisor, I live in the US, and I'm currently interviewing with a company. The position is as a financial. Re- uh, sorry, I'll try and say that again. The position is as a financial services representative, which translates into a life insurance salesperson, and that means I would need to prospect for clients. I- I've worked in corporate finance for several years as a financial analyst, and uh, she gives her age. I- I'm far too gallant uh, to uh, reveal a lady's age, but uh, she's considerably younger than me. Let's just say that. But she's um, she's not straight out of college. I moved over uh, a year ago from one state to another and have not found suitable employment yet, so I'm considering everything at this point. I don't think I have the perseverance to prospect, nor that I would enjoy doing it. I also don't want to sell life insurance. I think I would enjoy more of the financial planning side of the job if and when that happens. I'm new in the area, so I don't really have a network here. I'm not a very social person. My friends are very limited. I don't want a job that's stressful and that doesn't allow much personal time. I'm at a stage where I want balance, don't we all? Don't we all, Mandy? And that is is key there. I think what attracts me is the possibility of making a good income. But at what cost? And how long will that take? Oh, and the pay is commission only. What I would like from you is advice since you were in the industry for many years. Well, I was. I was in the financial services sector for for 20 years. And it's one of the things that I say. I, I was... I spent 12 years in a job I hated, followed by 20 years in a job I tolerated. So maybe I'm not the best person to ask for career advice in financial services because I sort of drifted into it back in, when would that be? It was back in the early 90s. It wasn't a conscious choice. It wasn't like um, I had always had a longing to work in financial services, far from it. I was simply in a job I hated and I was floundering around in my early 30s. I'd got a wife and two kids to support and I thought, what can I do? I I wasn't skilled at anything and financial services at that time was making all sorts of promises about being able to earn a living and and, and I just drifted into it. I, I, I went for one or two interviews. I tell you, one or two of the companies that I interviewed for that um, offered me jobs, I turned them down flat because I was horrified, horrified by what I saw in the interview. And I thought to myself, well, if they're telling me this sort of stuff in the interview, what's it like when you really get on board? Now, we're talking almost 30 years ago, 25 plus years ago now. 
things have changed. Things have changed immeasurably. But as I say, it wasn't something that I wanted to do. It was just a, a way of escaping from um, a position that I really was unhappy in and had been unhappy in for 12 years. So here's my, some of my thoughts on that. Firstly, I think Mandy has asked me for for answers. Um, and a lot of the answers are in what she's already told me in, in the letter or in the email, I should say. She said, look, she doesn't want to sell life insurance. She would enjoy the financial planning side of the job. That's fantastic. I'll be honest, that is the bit of the job that I quite enjoyed doing, putting a strategy together for a client and writing the reports, oddly enough. She's not a very social person um, and she doesn't want a job that's stressful and it's commission only and she doesn't think she has the perseverance to prospect. Now, if you were going to sort of chuck all this into a, a, a machine and say, spit out an answer, I don't think the answer would be, well, become a life insurance salesman then. However, however, I don't want to put you off that entirely. It's going to be tough, though. You need to go into it knowing that it's going to be tough. So what I'd suggest Mandy has to do is decide whether the desire to be a financial planner, she said she quite likes that idea, is that desire strong enough to pull her through the long working hours? I'm assuming if you're prospecting, if you're having to do all of that sort of stuff yourself to, to get in front of, of potential clients, it's going to be long hours. And is that desire to be a financial planner strong enough to pull her through those long hours and through the times of prospecting, particularly when she has said she believes she won't enjoy it, and through all those months, and, and there will happen, because it happens to the best of them, all those months when she makes zero sales and zero commission. Now, it could be that it is. And it could be, I don't know because Mandy hasn't told me, it could be that Mandy's in a a reasonably comfortable position, as in doesn't have to earn some money for a while. So she's got the rent covered and she's got the groceries covered and she's got the utilities covered and that sort of stuff. It could be that she can ease her way into that. But that in itself can be a danger because she can get too comfortable. I can remember when I first stepped outside of uh, of the corporate life and I was looking around for what to do and I knew that I'd got a cushion of about a year. And I was talking one night to a good friend of mine and a very successful friend of mine. We, we'd been to a meeting and we were sitting having a drink and um, he put his glass down. I remember this quite clearly and he looked at me, looked me straight in the eye and said, says, you know, Ozzy, it's not going to happen for you yet. I said, what, why do you mean? What do you mean? He says, you're not desperate enough. Your back's not against the wall. You're too comfortable. And in a sense, he was right. I didn't take, I, I remember, I mean, that sort of bored itself into me. And I remember to this day, I can see us back there there now. I, I can hear the chatter in the bar and all that sort of stuff. I can see us now. But I didn't understand at that time what he was saying. I knew probably he was right on an intellectual level, but I didn't understand. And I talk a lot about the difference between knowing and understanding. And he said, it's not until you're desperate, not until your back's against the wall, that things will change for you because you're too comfortable. So... It can be a dangerous thing. It can be a dangerous thing being in too comfortable a place. Once you are desperate, and it, that's exactly what happened for me, and it wasn't until after it had happened that I looked back and I thought, you were right. <laughs> you were absolutely right. 
sorry, I've gone off on a bit of a tangent there, but Mandy, it's important that you're able to, to cover your bills, but don't get too comfortable in that because what I want, if you decide to go down this path, I want I want you to feel uncomfortable in the prospect and I want you to feel uncomfortable in selling life insurance. I want you to feel uncomfortable in all of that, but learn from that and allow that to be the spur if you really want to go on to be a financial planner Allow that to be the spur to go on. She also needs to be aware that, because again, Mandy's told me that she wants, uh, what did she say? She wants a, a life of balance. Um, she wants stress-free time. There is going to be stress and there is going to be imbalance for at least the initial stages. Is she strong enough? Is her, that desire strong enough to, to pull her through that? Now, I've been out at financial services for, for years now. And... I have to confess, I have no idea about what's happening in financial services in my country now, let alone in the US. And I don't understand, I, I don't know the regulatory systems and uh, all of that sort of stuff. But one thing that I did think was that if Mandy could find a group of successful insurance salesmen who were good at the prospecting, who were good at the selling, but who were not necessarily so good at the financial planning side or felt that the, the the planning side took them away from what they were good at. How about she teams up with them? How about she says, hey guys, I could be the answer to your problem. You can sell so much more. You can get in front of so many more prospects. You can spend your time doing what you're good at and I'll take all this away from you. I'll take this. You go get the information. In fact, I may even come with you to those meetings to get make sure that we get the right information, that we come away from that. And I'll put the reports together. I'll do the strategies for you. I'll put the reports to you, together for you. I'll explain them to you. All you've got to do is go back there and sell them. Now, I don't know whether that's a possibility uh, there, but that is something that I would probably look at. Now, I'd also suggest that if the only reason, because I think, Mandy, let me just scroll back up here. I think Mandy said uh, that she, what attracted her was the possibility of making a good income. Yeah, I think what what attracts me is the possibility of making a good income. Yeah, um, it is possible to make a good income. I had many years of not making a good income, and I had a few years, rather fewer, of making a very good income, and things were looking good. But I would argue that, yes, an income is important. An income is important, but I would argue that the driver for any career decision, particularly at your time in life, Mandy, when you are looking for that balance, should not solely be income. Because if you can find something that you can do, if you can find something that you're already good at, if you can find something that you're expert at, that may have nothing to do with financial services, you know stuff, you know stuff that people out there want to know. If you can find something that you're good at, and you can figure out a way of making an income out of it, stress is just going to melt away because you're going to spend your time doing stuff you love doing rather than thinking on a Sunday evening. Oh, it used to happen on Sunday afternoon for me. Oh, good Lord, Monday's just around the corner and that hangs like a heavy cloud over you. And Look, I'm not trying to be pessimistic. I'm not trying to paint a, um, a dreary picture of all this, but I've think it you're at a point now where you've got decisions to make the key thing is to make decisions don't just sit there and and just let stuff happen to you but make decisions be honest with yourself are you prepared to spend the next year two years three years 
at hard slog doing something that you don't actually enjoy doing with the possibility at the end of it you can move into something that you think you might enjoy doing more or should you say right now okay i'm going to take the next week two weeks month whatever it is to figure out what it is that i really i'm really good at already that i really enjoy doing or something that you think okay i'm pretty good at this i've definitely got an interest in it and i would really enjoy finding out more and training more in that area and going for that now it could be that if you know that you need to learn more you need to brush up your skills you need to develop an understanding of how you might market that interest or whatever it could be that you just take any job now to ensure that the bills are covered uh, you know a sort of a a mind-numbingly boring job that but doesn't cause you any stress i remember when i first took a, a proper full-time job in the in the summer when i was still at school i took a job that was so boring so boring but i was quite happy there because it didn't take any of my intellectual capacity to do the job so in my mind i could be anywhere i could be absolutely anywhere while i was doing that job now it could be that that's the solution so for the next three months you you do a job that doesn't take any brain power you just do it because it's paying the bills and it's leaving you sufficient time to complete your studies or complete your education in what it is that you want to do is all this making sense i, I know this is sort of vague wishy-washy stuff because this can be vague and wishy-washy there are so much so many routes that you could travel down right now now i know i'm addressing this to mandy but it could equally apply to you because i know most people listen to this podcast are trying to make up their mind what they want to do with their life and i'm guessing that applies to you too so look if any of this stuff that i'm giving to mandy is of use to you well take it up please look there are no definitive answers here but what i would ask you to consider is look we get one shot at this we get one shot at, we come as far as i know we come round this path once and we've got a very finite time span on this earth and rather late in life i i began to understand that and i'm determined to do what i can to waste as few of the days that i have left to me and to make sure that other folks realize that too it's it's not a a depressing thought at all i think it's a an enlivening thought i think it's a, a yeah let's get on with this let's enjoy this because it's a wonderful wonderful gift that we've got this life because it might not have happened i've talked on other podcasts that the, the billions to one chance billions and billions trillions to one chance that you are actually here on this earth right now and we have won the lottery so we owe it to do the best we can with that okay a bit of a rambling one i hope mandy that some of what i've said helps you clearly i can't tell you what to do i can't point at this and say that's what you should do what i'm trying to give you is things that you can think about things that you can consider options what i want above all is that you don't look back in a few years time and regret the decisions that you've made so i hope that helps anyway look changing tack entirely i don't know if you listened to the last episode but in it i talked about briefly about podcasts that i listen to listen to all sorts of different podcasts but i wanted to give a shout out to some 
well, some of these podcasts are up and coming new podcasts. Some of them have been going for years, but they're podcasts that I listen to quite regularly when I'm walking Jack uh, because they're a great way to get me going in the morning. So I mentioned a couple of days ago um, Jeremy Todd's podcast, The Positive Side. What I want to talk about now is another young fella, and they're all young fellas to me because I'm so old, uh, another young fella called Brandon Handley. Now, Brandon has a podcast called, get this, Fatherhood for the Rest of Us. Now, if ever, if ever (laughs) a podcast told you what it was about, that was it, because I can tell you, when I became a dad, nobody gave me a manual. No, nobody nobody said, here, this is how you do it. Um, fatherhood is, uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful, frustrating gift. <laughs> it's, you just, I mean, you're just, well, anyway, I, 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 um, I somehow muddled through. Um, I've got two boys, um, or we've got two boys, Carol and I, and... Uh, well, one's in his sort of twenties, and the other's in his thirties. So, um, I mean, they survived, uh, which was—I I think I can chalk that up as a, a as a, a win for me. But go listen to Fatherhood for the Rest of Us by Brandon because he talks about his experiences as a dad. Listen, I, I wish when I was a young fella uh, and I'd just got kids, young kids, that we'd got this sort of information around. Then it, it is—it is superb. There's great humour in there. There's great storytelling about Brandon's own own journey into fatherhood. And you can also go and, and visit fatherhoodfortherestofus.com. His podcast is on iTunes, Fatherhood for the Rest of Us, so just go search for that. Uh, it's Brandon Hanley, B-R-A-N-D-O-N-H-A-N-D-L-E-Y. But uh, yeah, go, go check out Fatherhood for the Rest of Us. And while you're over at iTunes, be sure to leave Brandon a review. Leave him a bunch of stars as well because I know I ask you to do the same for me. Whenever I ask you to leave a review and a bunch of stars, I don't do it so that you can stroke Brandon's ego or that you can stroke my ego. Not at all. What what we ask that for is so that the podcast rises in the rankings because the more reviews we get, the more stars we get, the more subscribers we get. And don't forget to subscribe. If you'd never want to miss another one of these episodes again, make sure you subscribe. So the more of all of that that goes on, iTunes says, ah, this is interesting. We'll bump them up in the rankings. And what happens then? More people, people just like you, get to find the podcast. So that's a cool thing to do. It's a cool thing to do. Anyway, thank you so much indeed for listening. I've been Ozzy Air, founder of whensmytime.com, and I'm here to tell you, your time, especially your time, Mandy, your time is now. <laughs>